Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today, we are going to be talking Chicago Cubs and more specifically, the Chris Bryant trade rumors. But first, I want to get a word in from our sponsor, and our sponsor is MyBookie. And this is the perfect time, you guys, to get in some great bets this weekend for football. We've still got some bowl games going on. And hey, Super Bowl, only a couple of weeks away, right? So head over to MyBookie.com to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie, it's the most trusted betting site in the industry. And if you're looking for a sports book to make some bets for the bowl games this weekend or for the NFL playoffs, my bookie is where you want to go. And if football is not your thing, guess what? They've got it all. NBA, Premier League. I'm sure they've got even probably some cricket in there. Check it out. Whatever you want to bet on, it is there because they have the fastest payouts, the best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. Hmm. You can even pull your bets together for a bigger payout. That's called a parlay, kids. Bet multiple games together and they can all help you win big. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. So if you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. So what does that mean? That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. And all you have to do is just use our promo code here at Believe, BLV, to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie bet win and get paid today i'm betting chicago we're bringing back on my good friend chicago cubs expert sean graves sean's on the phone right now how you doing man i'm doing great joey thank you so much for having me back buddy look forward to it yeah happy new year new decade last decade the cubs won a world series i think that's now the new marker to get one each decade for the rest (laughs) (laughs) for the rest of time Uh, you know what look we've gone from we have a good We've gone another healthy 40 years in our life. That's like five in our lifetime. We will take that, right? Yeah, we've gone from centuries down to decades. I think that's the, the great way to look at it now. Baby steps, my friend. We'll take it. So today, here's what I want to do. The Chris Bryant trade rumors, they've been going on all off season long. And they're about to get ratcheted up because I think the grievance that's been going on for the last, you know, all off season is probably going to get resolved pretty soon. There's a lot of different rumors going around, and one particular rumor that we're going to get to that I found incredibly interesting. But real quick, just for the layman's who don't understand what's going on, Chris Bryant. So there is a rule in Major League Baseball that controls the service time for young players. Typically, it is seven years. It depends on if the major league if the player gets called to the major leagues, and he serves a certain amount of days in the major leagues, that service time can be cut down to six. So what happened was when Chris Bryant was drafted, he was a highly touted draft pick, and the Cubs organization wanted to keep him on the team for as long as they can under team control. So how did they do that? Typically, what teams will do is after spring training, they will send a player down to the minor leagues and then bring him up after the two, three-week period so he can accrue those certain days in his first year to lock in that seventh, to lock, unlock that sixth year instead of keeping them for seven. And that's what they did with Chris Bryant. He came up as a rookie, destroyed the baseball in spring training, and then at the end, they sent him back down to the minors under the auspice that he had to work on his defense. And then three weeks later, they brought him right back up. And now Chris Bryant, whose agent Scott Boris, is filing a grievance against the league, trying to get that nullified and to actually make him a free agent in one year instead of the cost-controlled two years that the team has. Now... All that being said, we understand that. Everyone thinks Chris Bryant is going to be traded. So, Sean Graves, here's what we're going to do. 
It's called a door number one, door number two, door number three scenario. We are going to open okay. each door and I'm going to allow you to select which door you want to open first. And we will talk about these different scenarios. So scenario number one, door number one, is after all this talk, after all this, the rumor mill, the buzz, everything, door number one is the Cubs decide to not trade Chris Bryant and ride it out and try and work an extension with him, probably having to trade Wilson Contreras or some other piece to shed some money off the payroll. But Chris Bryant does not get traded. And on opening day, he is hitting second or third in our lineup. Door number two is we trade Chris Bryant. We trade Chris Bryant for prospects, hopefully guys that are on the fringes or already have gotten a taste in the major leagues. And you try and just restart the clock with some new players, some younger players, and you get out of the Chris Bryant money, which is $18.5 million this year. And I think it would be 20 something million the next year. And you start over and you reallocate those dollars somewhere else on your roster. And maybe you don't have to trade someone else like a, a Wilson Contreras or someone else. And then, Sean, there is door number three. And these are the rumors that have been popping up the last 48 hours. And I want to try and get it right because it seems a little complicated. But the rumor goes like this. The Chicago Cubs would acquire Nolan Arenado from the Colorado Rockies for a combo package that would probably involve most certainly Wilson Contreras, Jason Hayward, and maybe some other piece. By doing that, the Cubs then would probably have a decision to make. Do they either keep Chris Bryant or do they then trade Chris Bryant, rebolster the depth and role players on their roster, and then maybe go out and sign Nick Castellanos? Say, so yes, you are losing Chris Bryant in this scenario, but in door number three, you are acquiring Nolan Arenado and Nicholas Castellanos and perhaps some other guys, maybe a fourth or fifth starter, maybe another guy who could be a third baseman or a corner outfielder in the future. Sean Graves, those are our three doors. Which one do you want to open first and talk about? I think we, we, we should go with door number three, right? Because that's the, the immediate, like, last 48 hours have just been insane with that. And it, and it really seems like the more you're hearing that the – Arenado getting traded to someone is a possibility. And the Cardinals is another name you keep, you keep hearing up. So I would love for the Cubs to explore that hard. If you could replace a KB at third base with an Arenado and, and get rid of, you know, Hayward's contract. The Hayward yeah, you money. Lose, you, you know, yeah, you lose Willie. That's going to suck. But you're probably going to lose him anyways, to be honest. And you could take that money you're kind of getting off the books and then re-sign Castellanos. Man, that that and then trade KB for probably some higher end pitching prospects, possibly a center fielder. And like when we talked last time, the team I'll still say is if, if Donaldson doesn't come back, the Braves match up with that all day long. They've got two stud center field prospects in their organization that are that are basically block block, right? Either one would be a stud in Chicago, could probably make the opening day roster. That's a problem solved. And they're loaded with young pitching. So I'm really, 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 really intrigued by this rumor popping up. I guess the one kind of like hiccup would be that Nolan Arenado had to opt out in two years. So I think that would have to get worked out somehow. If they could work that out, I think I would make that move in a heartbeat. 
Agree? I, disagree? I, I, I have so many thoughts. I have so many thoughts. So my first thought is, I'm just sort of blown away by the whole concept of when we last spoke on this podcast, and I've been feeling all winter long, it's been a big, giant, huge, what the hell is going on? Like, who yeah. is, who is this baseball operations, uh, Theo Epstein and Jed? These are not the Theo and Jed that we know. This doesn't make no. any sense. And it almost felt like, you know, everyone was blaming the money and the money is a very real thing that is going on. But it also felt like it was to the point where, you know, Theo was like being held hostage. And like when people yes. were interviewing him, he was like blinking in Morse code, like saying, help me or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this rumor in itself just kind of illuminates the possibility and honestly the concept of how creative these guys could possibly be and that they are sure. really thinking of every single avenue of dealing with the harsh realities of what's going on with their contracts and also trying to truly like reshape and change the team but not do it in a way where it's like you know I got to be honest like the whole idea of the previous idea of let's just trade Chris Bryant for Max Freed and Austin Riley on the Braves and hope Austin Riley turns into a good player for me was unappetizing because that kind of kicks the can down the road and you're sort of like hoping yeah. God that that guy develops and progresses. Now what kind of happens is if this were to happen, one, you're keeping Arenado away from the Cardinals. Two, you're getting out of the Jason Hayward money because let's be honest, that is the albatross that is causing all of these problems right now, that four years and 86 million left on those books is really just screwing with everything that they're trying to do. Right. Correct, and, I'll, correct. And, I'll, and I'll be honest, if Aaron, if Aaron Otto were to leave in two years, I don't know how upset would I be really? I mean, we would get that money back. We would be out of the Hayward money. The lesser money wouldn't be on the books anymore. I mean, we would be major players. We could go out and who knows who will be up at that time. Yeah. But maybe we would be back into the pool where we would be that $300 million, uh, We'd be fishing for that $300 million player again. And, hey, I'm just going to say it. Why couldn't we bring Chris Bryant back at that point? I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, it's I, true. I, I mean, if, if, it's all, if it's all on the table like that, I mean, why can't it be? Um, you know, as much as I would hate Chris Bryant, all of a sudden there seems to be some sort of appealing option on the board. And yeah, no, I, I, I agree totally. And also it kind of feels like if you make that Arenado mode or move, it feels more like a refresh for next year as opposed to a reboot, right? Like all of a sudden, if you have Arenado coming in at third base and you re-sign a Castellanos, and then you look around the rest of the NL Central. I mean, outside the Reds, nobody's done anything, right? Right, right. You, you have to feel like, oh, okay, yeah, we lost KB. Yeah, we probably lost Willie. But we got some really good players back, re-signed the Castellanos. We're still right in this thing. We still – I heard someone say on the radio the other day that, you know, if the Cubs made that Arenado move, they were asked, you know, what, what would that do in terms of wins? And He's a former GM, and I think he said he thought it was a, a five-win move. Like that yeah. move alone would make the Cubs. So if you do that, you're what, 84 to 89 wins? So now yeah. you're right around 90 wins. That, that's, that's the division possibly right there. And let's be honest, uh, for about 87% of the season last year, the Cubs weren't an 84-win team. They were actually a True. little – they were a little bit better than that. A yeah. nine-game nine losing streak in September will do that to you. That will kill um, you for sure. And so real quick, let's just kind of – let's unpack this just a little bit, right? Like so – for example, you know, 
you, you have all these moves, right? The Castellanos, the Arenado, and you would think maybe in the Chris Bryant deal, you know, if he went to the Nationals, hopefully it would be a center fielder like Victor Robles, right? Yeah. If he went to the Braves, hopefully it would be one of their top center field prospects. Some of the drawbacks to this, right, is, you know, there, Robinson Chirino signed with the Rangers yesterday. There are no, there are no catchers left. So no. if, you, if you were to do the Willie Contreras deal, uh, we would have to be very, very, very realistic in the sense that I, I can't even really think of anyone that's out there. There's no Martin Maldonado. There's no Travis Janot. There's no Chirinos. Rene you, Rivera, somebody like that. Yeah, yeah, is there even a Wellington Castillo right now? I'm not too sure. So yeah. that w- we would be a, a quite a disadvantage there. And I kind of want to ask you, are you at all scared off? I mean, Arenado's a great player amazing defensive player it seems like every time he plays us in Wrigley he always hits a ball like onto Sheffield you know what I mean yeah. it just seems to happen every single time his home road splits are a real thing is that a concern for you yeah I was thinking about that I, you know I saw that like you know his his batting average is like 60 points less on the on the the road his slug is like 200 points less every single you know, season this, yeah but, you know but then season. I think but then I think about Wrigley Field, and you know, yeah, okay, April and May with the with the the cold weather and the wind blowing in, I think anyone's gonna struggle to leave the yard there. But you get into the summer at Wrigley with at Wrigley with that wind blowing out, how is it much different than a course field? The ball, I mean, you know what I mean? The ball is gonna travel. So I don't know that, I don't know that that would be as big a worry for me, because again, I'm 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 putting this up next to to Chris Bryant, right? Like it's not like Chris Bryant is some 45 to 50 home run guy that's, that's knocking in a buck 10, a buck 20 every year. Right. So, but Arenado is, but Arenado is, and he is a, maybe it might be a coin toss with him or Rendon or the best defensive third baseman in the national league. It's not all of baseball. Right. So I, 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 and yeah, Arenado's not as, you know, versatile, you know, as KB can go out to the outfield for a game or two here or there, but I'm not super worried about those splits. If it was like, 3.30 at home and 2.30 on the road, okay, I'd be terrified. But knowing the ballpark Wrigley is for two-thirds of the season, I, I, I just wouldn't be scared away by that. And I also think, too, more, I think, than KB, right? Like, the injury thing with KB, I, I, that's a real issue. Like, that shoulder, I don't know if that's going to be a lingering thing. Obviously, he, as far as we know, didn't have any procedures done in the offseason. And well, has he been the same since 2016, 17? That is the issue. It has lingered. It's lingered for two right? seasons now, whether it's 100% or not. It's just kind of something like, hey, man, we're in our 30s now. You know what I mean? Like, there's some yeah. stuff that just that, that doesn't go away. You know what I mean? Like, no, 40, buddy. I hit the 40 mark. So <laughs> oh, I hear you, man. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear you, brother. I, I mean, I, I, I played golf the other day. You know what I mean? And you just, it's not that you're injured, but you're starting to feel the limitations of your life a little bit. And I'm not saying that Chris yeah. Bryan is an old guy, you know what I mean? But that's something that's very real. I, I don't know what to make out of the Arenado splits necessarily because, I mean, every single season, they're, they're dead on. I mean, the dude hits 330 to 350 at Coors Field and hits somewhere between 270, 290 on the road. But what I do know is if you look at it, you know, obviously he's driving in runs like crazy, something that KB has kind of honestly failed to do throughout his career. Yep. The other part about it is, you're right, he's great defensively. Um, if you look at it, every single season, he's got like 35 to 45 doubles. So I look at that as like the dude's still hitting the ball hard. 
hitting it into the gaps. You know, doesn't necessarily need to, you know, have course field to hit for power. I mean, the dude just can hit the ball hard. And I don't know about you, but every time I watch him and every time he plays against the Cubs, I'm terrified when he comes to the plate. I mean, I don't know if opposing teams feel that way when KB comes to the plate, but when Arenado comes to the plate, for me, it's just like, oh, man, something bad's going to happen. And he definitely seems like a dude that I don't know if you – like, it's not about tricking him per se, but he can take pitches that are a pitcher's pitch, and I feel like drive it and make some damage happen. You kind of go, wow, how did he hit the ball hard there? That was up and in. And how did he just like hit the foul pole? You know what I mean? Kind of, kind of, kind of like Javi in, the, in, the, in that respect, right? Yeah. Well, and think, of, and think about this too, right? If you put him, wherever you would put him in the lineup, three, four, I'm, I'm assuming, let's say his road splits are what we get where the guy only hits 280, 290. Uh, guess what we don't do right now? We don't have that many guys that hit 280, 290 that knock in 110, 120 runs. Like, that would still be an upgrade. And then maybe you catch, you know, you find out that his home splits carry into Wrigley. Imagine putting a guy that hits 300 that can knock in a buck 20, third or fourth in the Cubs lineup. I mean, that's what we were talking about last time on the podcast. Like, we don't have that. And you have some kind of combination let's say two through five, however you want to put it, of a Castellanos, Arenado, Rizzo, Baez combination. That's pretty damn scary. It's, it's very scary. That's pretty damn scary. Look that, at that, that, back to back to I, back like, jacks. Yeah. <laughs> as, opposed, as opposed to like now where it would be KB, Rizzo, Javi, and I don't know, I guess Schorber. Okay, that's not bad. But the other four scares me a hell of a lot more if I'm an opposing team. And subplot, you keep him away from the Cardinals. And subplot, yes. So, I mean, you know, and, and door number two and door number one, in those subplots, if we just do those two things and then the Cardinals get Arenado, forget about yes. the division next year because the Reds are also going to be very good. All of a sudden, yeah. the Cardinals now can run out and Arenado, Goldschmidt, uh, you know, core uh, for their yeah. middle of the order. And, to go you know, with their young pitching, yeah. Right, right, right. So let's talk about let's talk about just door number two for a second. And door number two was we just trade KB. You know, we keep Contreras, yeah. uh, we keep Haywood. You know, maybe you know there. You know, God, there's there's nobody really left out there. I think you know what Brock Holt is one of the few remaining free agents besides him, Castellanos, and Donaldson. Obviously, we're not signing Donaldson. That's not going to happen. Sure. Um. You know, that's kind of what's left. And if you yeah. were to, if you were to trade KB, I mean, I guess it would have to really just kind of depend on what the deal is. And I don't know about you, but I really haven't heard anything new in terms of those rumors, other than just some teams being like, "Well, hey, like I heard the the, the report that hey, the Nationals don't want to trade Victor Robles." Well, yeah, no shit. Yeah. But you're, you're gonna have to do that if, if you're you gonna want, have to, yeah, yeah, if you want Chris Bryant, you know what I mean. Um, and the Braves is a similar situation. I did also hear some Dodgers talk, which yeah, was the Gavin Lux, uh, you know, Dustin May, maybe another piece or something like that. Um, I don't know. What, what would be your take? I mean, how, how would you feel if it was just KB and, you know, you're bringing back pretty much the exact same team minus Chris Bryant and some other guys that have to prove it? Yeah, you know, well, I guess first thing I'll say is that this whole KB trade thing has just kind of gotten crazy in the sense that 
it felt like he would be a guy that would be wanted by multiple teams and you would get stuff back. But it's, it's been such a convoluted thing because you have so many things kind of holding it back from A, his grievance, to B, the Donaldson not being signed yet, to now all of a sudden Arenado thrown in there. So now all of a sudden you, you, you have like KB as possibly like the third best third base option out there on top of this grievance. So I think once the grievance thing comes through, A, and then Donaldson gets signed B, you'll really get some clarity on that. As far as what you get back from him, you know, you're dead on with the Nationals. Like, that starts with Robles. If, they aren't gonna, if they're not going to include him, yeah, I, don't forget it. Double a, I don't need two double-A and an A-baller. The, the Dodgers, I mean, look, the Dodgers, without a doubt, have the talent to make the trade happen. They could call Theo up today and be like, we'll give you Gavin Lux, we'll give you blah, blah, blah. They, they have it. But the Dodgers seem to be a team that are very, very reluctant to let go of any of their young talent. Because you've heard them mention with KB now. You've heard them mention with Lindor now. Before Lindor, it was Kluber. And they've still done nothing either. And, and don't you know, cut them out of the Arenado either. I mean, honestly, yeah, right? as well. They'd have yeah. to be in there at least uh, talking and discussing. Yeah. I mean, I, I – man, it would be really hard for me to, to see a Chris Bryant trade where it's just, it's just prospects if that's all the Cubs do. Yeah, we keep we keep Willie. We don't try for Arenado or Castellanos. If we just trade KB and you get me back one kind of ready major leaguer and two A ball players, I mean, but maybe that would say something that KB's not as valued around the league as we as Cub fans think he is. I don't know if that's right or not. I heard someone on the radio the other day say that they didn't even think KB was a top twenty thirty player, which that seems ludicrous, right? From what from what we've seen, like okay, maybe he's not a top 10, but top 15, you would think, right? But maybe like we said, with the, the, the injuries that have lingered with the, the power production, again, you look at a year in baseball where me and you had 15 home runs apiece, and yet Chris Bryant's home run numbers didn't spike, and he still didn't drive in the run. So is that injuries or is that approach, yada, yada? So that, that plays into it as well. But I'm with you, man. Like me – Chris Bryant for a couple of prospects and a borderline major leaguer just would not cut at that point. Just keep him. Well, so I'm going to ask you a question, but I'm going to preface it with this because I want to be very clear that I love Chris Bryant. Um, sure. I know, uh, you, you know, do. I know. You. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 2016 MVP, yada, yada. We can go on and on about all that stuff. But at the end of the day, sitting today, if you put Chris Bryant in your lineup, here is what you're getting. You are getting uh, a certainly an above average hitter who continuously every year tries to add a little something to his game, albeit maybe at the detriment of his own power, but a guy that five, six, seven years from now is still going to have an OBP of about 370, 380, right? True. I say it every time, but I'm going to say it again. He is, one of, he is the best base runner on the Chicago Cubs and one of the better base runners, I think, in the major leagues. And you guys are like, well, what, what's the big deal on that? Well, when you're trying to score from second on a base hit, you know, there's, there are a few sure things than Chris Bryant from second base scoring. And that means something. Mm -hmm. It really does. It like, does. When you play station-to-station -station baseball, by the end of the season, that is something that a lot of teams talk about being one of the downfalls of what happens to an offense. And Chris Bryant helps your offense by scoring from second base, right? So with all, that, with all that being said, you know, out of 100, you know what I mean, a 70-30, 60-40, whatever, what is your split, do you feel, between – all this talk about him not being a top 30 player, his value, blah, blah, blah. Is it his shoulder? Is it his health? 
and the true actual talent in the player, or is this the Scott Boris bullshit of his contract, his grievance, and whether you can actually count on him being a player in your organization? Which do you think is hurting his trade value worse? Is it really his shoulder and his production on the field, or is it the, all the other stuff that everyone knows is coming down the pipe, which is him going to free agency no matter what in two years, this grievance situation that he has every right to do, but at the exact same time, it completely alters whether teams would want him on their team or not. What do you think that split is right now? Um, I guess I'd probably say 30, 70, 30 with the, the medical stuff and 70 with the rest. I'm right Cause with you. Know, you. Cause right. Cause like the, the medical stuff, that that's a pretty easy solve, right? You, you, you do MRIs, you do x-rays, there's ways to, to, you know, check a guy's body out, check his shoulder out, right? That's all the Cubs would have to do, take a physical. They could be like, no, he's 100% healthy. He didn't need a procedure, yada, yada. He's good to go on that front. But if you look at the rest of that baggage, no, when you are only getting him two years, and especially right now, the, the, the grievance thing, man, the more you hear about this, how crazy is this? Like, I heard the other day that, like, Scott, like Scott Boris and these guys were bringing in, like, Mike Oltz, like defensive metrics metrics from the same year because comparisons because that's that was what the Cubs used to send him down was like well yeah he had a great spring offensively but he has to work on his defense and and how that you know it's a potentially like growing that he could actually win this grievance which I, I ultimately don't think will happen because it will change the landscape of baseball if he does. Right, but it's taking a, it's taking a lot longer than everyone thought it would. And when things yeah, take a little bit sure. longer, it means that the, obviously the arbiter is taking a lot of consideration in the evidence that's being put forth, and it's well, probably getting a little bit closer than you thought. Yeah, well, and especially when you when you I thought about this yesterday after listening to some stuff. Like, just think about the arbiter, like him or herself, right? It it's not a baseball person, right? It's not a person sitting there like looking at this who's who who came up in baseball, works in the baseball world. They're a legal person. Their job is to sit there and listen to my case versus your case and make the best legal decision. So we both know Scott Boris is very, very convincing. He always finds a way to get what he wants. So that's the part where you're like immediate, immediate response is no way does KB win. But the longer it drags out and you look at Scott Boris and his company being the ones talking, maybe, just maybe, and that could completely change the, land, the landscape even more of what you get for KAB because you go from two years to one year. And then at that point, you probably are looking at just prospects, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're lucky, if you're if lucky, you're lucky right? I mean, at, yeah. the, at that point, I mean, uh, let's, let's do the, uh, that would be door number one, right? Is if he actually yeah. won that grievance and became a free agent mm -hmm. next year, in my opinion, you keep Chris Bryant and then you flip him in July. Right. At the uh, break, sure. And because here's, here's the other deal, right? Is one, you know, I don't understand the timing of it, but for me, it doesn't look super great that they filed this grievance five years after it happened. Um, yep. You know, and, and everything you would think would lead you to believe that Chris Bryant should love being a Chicago Cub. Everything that has happened to him, uh, the way that we adore him, uh, mm -hmm. all the opportunities that he has on the Cubs channel. I mean, he really truly has built himself a career of becoming a star in Chicago, right? So filing the grievance is a little strange. Uh, and then on top of that, they have been adamant this whole time about how they're going to go into free agency. They are not interested in talking extension with the Chicago Cubs until he goes into free agency. 
And I get it. That's a Scott Forrest thing. But at the same time, it kind of just makes you think. And it can't help the trade market currently when Chris Bryant's agent is Scott Boris. That just can't yep. be helping anything right now. And unfortunately, the shoulder, I think, is – I think the 70-30 was a great call on your part because there obviously is a little bit to do with it because the shoulder is now screw- – sure. It's now screwing up his extension, right? Like Chris Bryant yep. thought he was a $300 million player. He's probably not a $300 million player. He's probably not even a 250 right now. And they want, no. yeah, and they want that 250. And, you know, should he have signed that $200 million deal uh, a couple of years ago with the Cubs and probably would have right. gotten out of it earlier and then made more money later in his career? Probably. Probably, uh, for sure. And that's kind of where they're at. They're at that rock in the hard place of like what they think he deserves and probably what he's going to get. And I think other teams are thinking about that the exact same way of if we bring him in, uh, are we even going to be able to get an extension? I mean, he's going to go to wherever, you know what I mean? And then yeah, would team like would some dumbass team like the Padres in two years just come up and be like, hey, Chris, we'll give you $320 million, and now you lose your asset of trading for him. Yeah. So this all, it complicates everything. And yep. – the only thing that I heard that was interesting about any of this was that we actually could possibly find someone that would take Jason Hayward off our hands. And it, right. And I'll be honest with you. If we could get rid of Jason Hayward and if we traded Chris Bryant, I'm calling it right now. I would not be surprised if we step back to the table with Chris Bryant in two years, no matter where he went and gave sure. him that, and gave him that 250, 260 because we could afford it now. You know what I mean? We wouldn't of have course, of course. The, the 21 of Hayward would be irrelevant. Even if you did extend Baez and Rizzo and stuff, that other, that, that over there wouldn't matter quite as much. Well, and you'd also be getting towards the end of the Darvish money too. At that point, you'd only have two years left. You, so yeah, you would definitely, and you'd also be a few years into the Cubs network and know what that's going to do for you financially each year, each, uh, each year, and hopefully finally be done with all these renovations and all that money off the book. So you should be set up very, very nicely financially in a couple of years to go back after KB if you want. So I think you're, you're spot on with that. And, man, I, I just, you know, we talked about this last time too. Like KB's not getting Bryce Harper money. He's not getting Nolan Arenado money. He's not getting Rendon money. He's not. Like, right, and I, I tell you right now, I wouldn't, give him, I wouldn't give him eight years to save my life. I mean, I would the most I would go with Chris Bryant right now because I would be scared of the injuries he's kind of racked up the last couple of years. I probably wouldn't go more than about six at two hundred. That would kind of be it. Six, and you'd allow him an opt out after like four. Yeah, get you That's know what I mean. About, you give him that. You give him that AAV on the back end, yeah. but also give him the club opt uh, or the time. Sorry, yeah. the player opt out. And he could go back into the pool if he wanted to in his early 30s, or he could exactly. stay with us at a bunch of, you know, do that whole deal. Um, exactly. And, and that's kind of the thing is, and maybe we could sort of wrap it up on this is, I mean, would you be, I mean, at this point, I still would be disappointed if he was traded. I really would. Uh, but if they did nothing and they kept him as constituted, you know, first blush, what are your instincts? Well, how do you, how would you feel about that? Well, I, I, I do agree with you. Like, like I, you know, I, I love KB too. You know, you love all the, man, you love all these guys that won us a ring in 2016. That was so monumental and just, you know, joyful and everything. So you're all, we're always going to have that as Cub fans in our heart, that sentimental, like attachment to this, 
specific guys, and especially like, you know, KB that year with the MVP, et cetera. But, my, you know, if he doesn't get traded, at this point, like looking into to this upcoming season, even, even maybe even the year after that, like I don't know how we better the team for next year at this point if he's not traded. And that, maybe that's a weird thing to say, like how do you make your team better without trading maybe your second best player behind Javi? Maybe your first best, however you want well, to put that. But I think I think for next year and long-term health, assuming that it looks more and more like he's not going to sign that extension with the Cubs, I think you have to find a way to make a good deal with KB. And if that's you, that's if, what hurts, right? That's what hurts is, yeah. is that we, we love we love KB. He was the chosen one. Yeah. He was drafted and he came up yeah. and he delivered right away. And the problem is, is that even though he says the right things, Cubs fans deep down inside, you know, we're, we're emotionally strong Cubs fans. You know what I mean? Like we might not be smart in the brains and we might be, you know, we might goof off in the bleachers and we might be a little mopey or a little dopey around Wrigleyville or whatever, but we're pretty emotionally strong. And we know when someone's committed to us and Chris Bryant this entire time, we just have this weird, this weird feeling that he's going to leave. And we, and we've done this for a couple seasons now of like, why would he want to do that? And like, let's see what happens three years down the road. And why wouldn't he want to stay a Chicago cub? And it has maintained the same baseline level of, we just think he's going to leave. And the grievance thing, obviously, you know, as a fan, it's kind of hard to, to figure out because at the same time, like he has workers rights, you know what I mean? Like if he feels sure. like that a, a particular, his employer is not treating him a particular way, there's nothing wrong with filing a grievance against the team. And it doesn't mean that he hates Theo or anything like that. He's just trying to protect himself as a worker and for the union. So I understand that completely, mm-hmm. but the more that this kind of gets dragged out, the more that we have this vibe of the dude isn't going to stick around or no. does not, the dude even want to, to yeah, stick yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. And despite the fact he says he wants to be a lifetime Cub and all that, we, we know. But I tell, you know, I tell you, I think the biggest thing for me as a Cubs fan, as a season ticket holder, the absolute one thing I don't want to see next year is the let's run it back attitude. And if you don't move a KB or a Willie, who are your two most probably valuable trade chips, because you're not getting rid of Hobby, so forget that. KB and Willie are your two guys. One of them is probably going to have to go. I, I, and I, again, for the, I think for the, the freshness of the team, for a little bit of a change in that room, for maybe even some shock value to the rest of the guys that no one's untouchable, we need to make this move going forward to bring in new blood. I just don't want to see the run it back thing. We tried that. We tried the run it back in 2019. It didn't work. They fell apart again. You know, and, and maybe – and I don't know, man. Maybe we've just kind of seen the ceiling of what KB is. Like, is KB in the next year or two all of a sudden going to jump to a 310 hitter with 40 bombs and 120 RBIs? Like, a huge part of me says that's unlikely. It's hard to say in baseball. It truly is because sure. I, you know, I, and I go back to it all the time, but, you know, for the rest of my life, I'm always going to use the Paul Canerco model, you know, where yeah. Paul Canerco came up and was a solid player. And then he had a couple seasons where it looked like he completely lost his ability and then came back and posted some solid seasons, had one not so great year, and then came back and ripped off a four-year stretch where he hit 35 to 40 bombs and drove in 120 sure. runs. And I'm not saying everyone's Paul Canerico, but I'm just saying in the game of baseball, things like it is that. Weird like that. Things like that still happen. And I think there are certain statistics about Chris Bryant, the OBP, for example, like his sure. ability to 
you know, take his batting average and kind of jack it up over the last couple of years that I think are sustainable in the end. But you're hitting on something that is really, really important right now for Cubs fans to think about where this is truly like an inflection point in the organization, right? Like this yes. is, this is, that's why we did door number one, door number two, number door number three, because yes. there are a lot of different paths that this can go down, right? Like the one path obviously is the do nothing, the run it back, which I think we've already seen, which I don't think we're going to get, which was door number two, uh, door number one, door number two is trading KB for prospects and just hoping to God that some of these guys come back to fruition and then hoping to God that somehow our salary, our, our, our budget gets in line in the next year or two, and maybe we're players again in the next couple of years. And then there's that door number three, which if it's true, a credit to Theo and Jed again for being way smarter than me and probably way smarter than you of being this kind of creative where if yes. they were able to pull off a situation where they could get out of the Hayward money, bring in a superstar and then trade one of their darling draft picks to like, you're basically trading the depth, the solid depth on your team for an Arenado. And then you're trading Chris Bryant to replenish that depth uh, around your roster. And then somehow coming back and maybe even becoming a better team because of it. I mean, I would take my hat off if they did that. Um, I just think it's really interesting. And, and depending on which way it goes, I think it'll be really telling to see what kind of Cubs team we're going to get in the next couple of years. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this, because I know that this is a, you know, a, a betting podcast. I'll take 50 bucks this week and go throw it on the Cubbies now, because at this point, they think they have like the 10th, 11th, 12th best odds to win the World Series. Throw that 50, throw that 100 down now, so that when next week, when, you know, Sir Theo Epstein blows us all away by, trading for Nolan Arenado and re-signing Nicky Castellanos, and all of a sudden we go from 12th, 13th best odds to top five odds. You've got that ticket sitting in your pocket, but who knows, all of a sudden we're competitive in the first half. We're right there. Sir Theo goes out, makes that move with the deadline, gets what we need to get, and boom, we're right back in the NLCS, chance to play for the World Series, and you've got a winning ticket in your pocket. How, how about that positivity? How about that positivity? Let's, let's take that, Joey. Let's go with that, my friend. Buddy, we're drawing the curtain on this podcast on that note. That was so that Absolutely. was so fantastic. We got to stop right now because we're going to let everyone run out. And you guys, if you're going to place that bet, why not place it with my bookie? Again, use promo code this weekend BLV because if you deposit two thousand dollars, they will give you up to one thousand dollars in free money to play with. So, guys, go on there right now for NFL, for Premier League, for the NBA, for KB trades, for Chicago Cubs World Series odds. Why not start off the new decade getting ahead of the game by going to my bookie, using BLV promo code, and getting some of that cash whack, cash back, bet, win, get paid. Sean, this was great, man. Thank you so much. I have a feeling in the next week or two, we might be on this podcast talking about this one more time, and maybe there'll be actually some, some details and some deals in place to talk about. Oh, man. Well, thank you so much for having me again. And, man, I sure hope so. Let's go, Cubs. Yeah, happy 2020, brother. I'll talk to you soon. You, you too, brother. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.